you would like to follow along in the scripture reading that we have here today, I'm going to be reading out of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. 1 Peter 1, verses 1 through 12. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, which is greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with great care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that now have been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Let's pray. God, we thank you for continued time to listen to you. Uh, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to read your word. And Lord, we pray that as we go through this passage, that you would open up our hearts to hear what you have to say. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we have a salvation that is very precious and very valuable. And this is what Peter was writing to his congregation about just here in these first 12 verses. In fact, uh, in these first 12 verses, as Peter is, is sending a letter to his congregation scattered throughout uh, northern Palestine, uh, in just 12 verses, he is able to give all sorts of descriptions as to what salvation is. And, and what we find is that salvation is very precious and salvation is very valuable, but we also find that salvation is very intricate. It's actually pretty amazing. In just a few verses here, the opening to his letter, uh, he refers to six different people, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the prophets, angels, and you, uh, he refers to two different locations, heaven and earth. He refers to three different periods of time, Old Testament history, present history, and the end times that are to come. 
He refers to salvation as a new birth, an inheritance, as gold, something that produces joy, something that allows suffering. And then he uses eight different biblical terms, faith, hope, love, foreknowledge, sanctification, blood, death, and resurrection. Now, Rest assured, we are not going to talk about each one of those topics here today, but I just wanted to really give you an idea of how important these verses are, because truly when Peter wrote this, uh, he was writing about your salvation, and he was writing because he wanted you to know how important your salvation was and how your salvation should change the way that you live your life each day. So the information that he's sharing here is actually information that is setting up the rest of his letter. And we get that uh, really in verse 13. So we're going to jump around here today as we look at this passage. So if you would, look at verse 13. I, I know we didn't read that, but most of your Bibles, the very first word of verse 13 should be the word, therefore. So Peter spends 12 verses talking about how important and intricate your salvation is. And then he moves into uh, four and a half chapters, starting with this word, therefore, where he talks about how your salvation should now produce a different kind of behavior in your life. And all of the references that he goes to is a reference of Jesus and what he's done in you. So as you continue on and in chapter 1, you see that there's a call to holiness that we have, but that's placed or uh, that is understood from the standpoint of salvation. If you move into chapter 2 and a little bit of chapter 3, you'll find that there's a call to submission, that we are called to submit to our political leaders, we're called to submit to our spouses, we're called to submit to those who have authority over us, all because Jesus had submission to the cross. If you go further into verse uh, chapter 3, you'll find that there's a, a call to uh, suffering, suffering in this world, even when it's not deserved. And then finally, as you move into chapters 4 through 5, you'll find that there is a call to humility. And this call is especially for those that are in leadership, that you are to lead as a humble leader so that when Jesus comes, he'll see that you've lived a life like his. And this is all back to where we're at here today, uh, this is all because of what is said about our salvation in verses 3 through 12. So if you now will go to verse 3, we're going to look through verses 3 through 12 here because this is an explanation of the salvation that you have. So the first explanation of your salvation is that your salvation is eternal. One of the points that Peter makes here in this passage is that your salvation will not perish, spoil, or fade. And what he's trying to do is get you to understand that your salvation is more valuable than anything else in this world. And so if you're ever at a point where your salvation is being challenged, Peter wants you to realize that if you choose anything else over your salvation, you are choosing something that will soon fade away. And in fact, later in the passage, he refers to your faith being more valuable than gold. And the point he makes there is that gold, even though it's refined by fire, even though it is uh, a precious metal, in fact, it's the most valuable metal, uh, that will fade away at some point. 
but your salvation won't fade away because it's eternal. It's in heaven. It's given by God. It's not something that was produced here on earth. It was something that was produced in heaven where God is. And this is also the second point uh, to this is that it's your inheritance. Even though it's in heaven, it has been promised to you and it is now yours. Even though it's in heaven, it is something that you possess. So uh, let me put it this way. An inheritance is something that you own, but it's in somebody else's possession. So let me give you an example of this. When I was growing up, my grandpa had two hunting rifles uh, that, that we knew about. And I remember at one point, he had told my dad and my uncle that they could have those hunting rifles each. And, and one day, my dad told me that one day that hunting rifle would be mine. And even though my grandpa was still alive, even though my dad was still alive, I saw that hunting rifle and I knew that that rifle was promised to me and one day I would receive it, even though it was in my grandpa's possession. And then pretty soon my grandpa passed away and it was given to my dad in his possession. Well, now, even though my dad is still alive, it is now in my possession. It was something that was promised to me, and I knew that one day I would receive it. That is your salvation. Your salvation has been promised to you. It is stored in heaven, but you have access to it now. The second point here is that your salvation is produced by faith. So our faith is being tested through suffering. Now, Peter is making this point to, to first century Christians that are going through times of persecution. Um, they're not quite sure what persecution would have been going on, but what they do know is that Christians were the most disliked group of people in the first, second, second and third centuries of Rome. And Peter is writing to a group of people uh, a group of Christians that are in the midst of a region that believe that Caesar is God. And so the Christians are surrounded by people that are worshiping Caesar as if though he is a deity, as if though he is worth their worship. And so the townspeople, their neighbors, the authorities, none of them like the Christians. And Peter is letting the Christians know that this is a test of their faith by going through this kind of persecution. And what he says to them is that their suffering produces in them a genuine faith. Well, how does that work? Well, when you get afraid, who or what do you turn to? Do you turn to have faith in God or do you turn to have faith in idols? And the point that Peter is making in this passage is he says, if you're looking to anything in this world to solve the dilemma of fear in your life, you are missing out on that which is eternal, which is your salvation, which is stored in heaven. It's your inheritance. And so the suffering that you're going through is producing a genuine faith that when you're tempted to be afraid or you're going through trials and tribulations, you will turn to God and not anything in this world. And when you do that, God is giving you your salvation. And Peter even says that when Jesus returns, your tested faith will produce praise, glory, and honor in him. And your faith is evident because even though you cannot see him, 
you believe in him and you love him. So your faith in Jesus Christ is what allows you to receive the salvation that God has offered. And he even says this here in uh, in verse 9, the outcome of your faith is the salvation of your souls, which you are receiving now. So your faith in God is what's producing salvation, and your faith may be going through times of trials and tribulations, but that is to test whether or not you're going to turn to God and receive what he has for you. The next point that's being made about our salvation, and, and this is sort of obvious, but I like how Peter really expounds on it, and that is that your salvation is special. Now, hopefully by this point in reading the passage before you get to verse 10, you would already understand that, that your salvation is special, that it's something different than anything else. But But Peter, the way he describes it is that The Old Testament prophets were studying this salvation that we have in Jesus. And as they were studying it, they were being led by the Spirit of Christ. They were being spoken to by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And what they didn't realize at the time was that they were studying a salvation so that we could be saved by by this outcome, by this salvation. They didn't realize at the time that they were serving us. And so God has been preparing this salvation for us since the Old Testament times. So they were studying it so that we could receive it. And Peter goes a step further and even says that even though they were studying it and didn't know exactly what it was and didn't know that it was for us, the angels who are in heaven, remember that's where your salvation is, it's in heaven, it's an inheritance for you, even though the angels are there with God, Peter makes this point that even angels long to look into this. You know, sometimes people think that angels are closer to God than we are, but this passage is telling us otherwise. We have a special place in God's heart because he is letting us in on something that the angels aren't even able to study. So how did we get this salvation? Well, let's go back up now to the beginning of this chapter, verses 1 through 2. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are mentioned here in verses 1 through 2. And, and this is how we got our salvation. First of all, we were chosen by God. Before you said yes to following Jesus, God was calling you to him. We have the option to say yes or no to believing in God. But God is the one that ultimately calls us. And so in this passage, we hear that it was by the foreknowledge of God that we were chosen to be in him. So God called us, God chose us, and then the Holy Spirit prepared us. So God was looking down over creation. He saw us, he knew us in in his foreknowledge, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to prepare us so that we could follow Jesus. So before you said yes to following Jesus, God chose you, and before you said yes to following Jesus, the Holy Spirit was preparing you to follow him. 
This is called prevenient grace, or it's it's when God goes before us. God goes on ahead of us to prepare us. Many of you, if you look at the day that you were saved, you could look at moments before that day and see where God was orchestrating. God was putting together a plan for your salvation. God was going ahead of you and preparing a place and a time so that when he called, you would listen. So we were prepared by the Holy Spirit to say yes to Jesus. And then when we said yes to following Jesus, we were strengthened by the Holy Spirit to obey the words of Jesus. And we were also sprinkled by the blood of Jesus, which is a reference to him being the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So God chose us, the Holy Spirit prepared us, brought us into a relationship with Jesus, and in that relationship with Jesus, we have been strengthened to obey him, and then we have been forgiven by our, forgiven of our sins by Jesus. By the way, we've only tapped the surface of how deep and precious and intricate our salvation in Jesus is here today. So where do we go from here? Well, there's two points that I, I believe we're, we're called to focus in on. And the first is, many of you are feeling like scattered strangers in the world right now. In fact, I... I probably should have opened up this message by uh, saying to God's elect who are scattered throughout the Chippewa Valley and Eau Claire, uh, to those that are scattered in Altoona and Chippewa Falls, greetings from Pastor Josh. Many of you are feeling scattered and many of you are feeling like strangers in the world right now. We've been going through this pandemic for quite a while and it seems that every day there's worse news that comes out and there are temptations to follow the path of fear instead of growing in our faith with God. I believe that our faith is being tested in this time. And it's made even more difficult because we're not able to meet every week like we've been used to. And so in this time, our faith is being tempted, or yeah, our faith is being tested here in this world. But remember what Peter has said, even though we go through these trials and tribulations, even though we're going through a period of suffering and difficulty, this is a time where our faith can be tested to grow in the Lord and receive more of that salvation that has been promised us. So even though we're feeling like scattered strangers in the world, it's okay. God still has control. And it's okay. We have an opportunity to grow in our faith. And if at any point you're feeling as if though your faith is not strong enough to endure this, I encourage you to immediately go to God and let him know that. Even if you are having difficulty believing that God is listening, if you just say simply to him, God, I'm having a difficult time believing that you listen right now. Can you strengthen my faith? That alone is an act of faith, that you are going to God and asking for his help. The second point that I believe is, is for us here today is that, yeah, we are strangers in this world, you know, uh, and we are scattered throughout this world. Even before this pandemic hit, 
we were scattered strangers in this world. We were living a different life, and people thought we were oddballs because we were Christians. But it's because you were chosen by God. God has chosen you for salvation in his Son, prepared by the Holy Spirit. He has strengthened you for living a different life than anyone else in this world. And you have a salvation that will never perish, never spoil, never fade away, because it's stored in heaven for you. So during this time of difficulty, during this time of suffering in the world and and watching uh, fear slowly take over in some people's lives, I encourage you to let this test go through and turn to God. At every moment of every day, whatever you're going through, be sure to put your faith in the Lord. And this suffering will prove your faith genuine and your faith is more valuable than gold which perishes because it brings about your salvation that is stored in heaven where it will never spoil, fade, or perish. So we close, if you would, receive this benediction. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.